Hey, what up? It's Mark Carter. I'm the pastor of Fierce Church. Welcome to our podcast. I'm so pumped that you're able to join us today. I hope this encourages you, inspires you, strengthens you, gives you hope to keep pressing on. And it's my prayer that this sermon gives you a more expansive view of God's love for you. Enjoy the message. God, I thank you for your great love for your people this morning. Thank you that your heart swells mm. to think about your people. God, we could use something to warm the heart this morning. So we pray in Jesus' name that you would come and speak through your servant and do it in such a way, God, that we will know it's you talking to us. In Christ's name, amen. Amen. Well, good morning, everyone. How are y'all doing? Good. Guess what it is? It's a week before Christmas. It's so exciting. I'm so excited about that. I love Christmas. So today we're going to be talking about having a Christ-shaped heart for Christmas. And I think we all need that in our world today. Um, Just looking at the climate of what is going on right now in our world, it is cold. It is divided. It is mad. There is hate. There is division. It is just not a very happy place to be, is it? And so we want to develop a Christ-shaped heart. We want to know what Jesus would want us to do this Christmas to have his compassion. Are you down with that today? Awesome. So in this world, people are losing compassion left and right. There was a study done at University of Michigan where 14,000 college students were studied and they were studied about empathy in itself. And they found the startling fact that 40, we are down 40% from the 1980s on compassion. 40%. There is a coldness in people's heart. And I think there are several things that contribute to that. I think one of the things that contribute is that we have an overwhelming exposure that desensitizes us to suffering and pain. I mean, think about everything we watch on TV, the news, our feeds on Facebook, like anything that is in front of you, video games, movies, we just see pain all the time. And it ends up desensitizing us to what people are actually going through. We don't stop enough to actually feel it and what they're going through. Also, there's a real difference. Like, think about, okay, if I looked at my Facebook feed right now, I guarantee you I would see a child that is suffering in another country. I would then scroll down and see some Christmas cookies that I really want to bake with my kids. And then I would scroll down some more and see this dress that I really wanted to wear on Christmas, but I didn't order it in time, and I'm kind of sad. And then I would scroll down some more, and I'd see a TikTok video about some guy falling off of a bike, and it would be really funny. And all these inputs are, like, hitting me, and there's no room for me to actually slow down and feel the compassion. There's a lack of personal interaction. Like I hardly ever, well I do, I love sitting across this table from someone and drinking coffee with them, but we don't do it very often. We are emailing, we are texting, we are not making that connection eye to eye, hearing what they're saying, listening to their voice, feeling their emotions. And we are more obsessed with selfies and self than ever before. I mean, think about what we do on Instagram. Here's me doing this. Here's me over here. I'm doing this now. Hey, I'm over here and me. It's all about me, right? And everything on social media is all about you. 
And every time we see a headline about us, there's a little dopamine hit in our mind and we're like, me, me, it's all about me, it's me, it's me. And we get so self-focused. Even if we don't want to, even if we don't mean to, it happens. And you guys, the truth is, is that we all trend towards self-focus and it robs us of experiencing the love that Christ would want to produce through us. We miss it. Jesus' desire this Christmas is to heal the neglected and the overlooked, to burst forth his compassion, his heart of compassion, especially at Christmas. And we can experience that love of Christ, and we can experience that compassion of Jesus this Christmas if we will allow the Lord to do a new work in our heart. Are you ready for that? Do you want that? Do you want to see people the way that Jesus does? Do you want to be the hands and feet of Jesus in your world today? I know that I do. I do. We're going to jump right into our scripture unit today, and it is a scripture that I love. And I love lots of scriptures, but this is one of the ones that I love so much because I think it clearly shows the heart of Jesus towards his people. And it's in Mark 1, 40 through 42, and it says, A man with leprosy came and knelt in front of Jesus, begging to be healed. If you are willing, you can heal me and make me clean, he said. Moved with compassion, Jesus reached out and touched him. I am willing, he said, be healed. And instantly, the leprosy disappeared and the man was healed. Isn't that beautiful? Some things we need to know about this scripture and this disease that this person had. He had leprosy. It is a wasting disease of the skin. His skin is literally falling off. It is contagious on contact. And so when this person, this leprous man would walk through any town, any place around neighbors, family, strangers, he would have to yell at the top of his voice, unclean, unclean. And everyone would get away from him. Nobody wanted to be around him. Nobody wanted to be near him because he was contagious, because it was dangerous. And so they would all stay as far away as possible. Talk about lonely. Talk about hurtful. Talk about how that feels to be all alone, to not have anyone come near you, to not have anyone touch you, to not have anyone look you in the eye, to stay away. And I I know that there are people in this room today that are going through things. You might not have leprosy, but you have pain. You have things in your life that are hurting you right now. And you might feel alone in those things. And all you want is for someone to see you and someone to hear you and someone to touch out and touch you. Amen? Well, he was a social outcast and a misfit, this man. And yet Jesus, our Jesus, he even though he was interrupted, allowed this man to come before him and beg him to be healed. And not only did Jesus heal him, he touched him. He was not afraid and he was willing. And today, Jesus is willing to touch your lives as well. He is ready to get in the middle of it all, in the middle of the heart, in the middle of the circumstance. He's ready to jump in with you. So let's talk about what compassion is. In Psalm 145.9, this is not on the screen, but it says, the Lord is good to everyone. 
He showers compassion on all his creation. I think there's two words here that you need to hear. Everyone and all. He loves everyone. And he showers compassion on all. That means every single person that you ever meet in the whole entire world, there is not one of them that God does not love and that God doesn't want to shower his compassion on. Not one. Every single person he loves, he sees, he knows intimately, and he wants to touch with his love. So how much more should we, how much more should we be crying out, just our vessels of humans that we are that struggle every day, like Carla was saying with that manger of like, ugh, in our hearts. We need Jesus, and we need his compassion. So what is compassion? Compassion fuels Acts of kindness and consideration done to people undergoing difficulty. In the Bible, compassion is often related to mercy. And mercy is compassionate leniency. How much do we need the mercy of God? How many times have you cried out because you've made a mistake or you've done something wrong and you feel the grip of the pain of that and you're crying out for mercy and God gives it to you out of his compassion? Are there people in your life that need your mercy, that need your compassion, that need you to forgive them. Well, compassion images God to the people he loves. So when we are compassionate towards people, we are reflecting God's compassion to them. We are actually being conduits of his love to the people around us. And it's beautiful. And he uses us in profound ways. But when we do not show compassion, we are actually misrepresenting Jesus. We are misrepresenting his love. We are misrepresenting his mercy, his kindness, his goodness to the world around us. When we are entering into this Christmas season and we have some beef with somebody. And we're like, I am not going to talk to them because they disagree with me, which is probably in every person's family get together this Christmas. That misrepresents Jesus. He wants you to cross that line and love anyway. He wants you to talk to that person anyway. He wants you to ask them, how are you? How are you feeling? What's new? How can I be praying for you? He wants you to show compassion. And compassion, when we don't show compassion, it reinforces the idea that God is distant and not near. Do you know that so many in the world, and maybe even in here, think that God is some distant God out there? That he doesn't know, he doesn't care, he's just somewhere far away. But we know, we know that God is near. He is with us all the time, everywhere we go. He walks with us, he is near us, he's talking to us, he goes with us every single place we go. And when we come along with somebody and we put our arm around them and we're with them in it, we are showing them that God is in fact near. He is not far, he is close all the time. And lastly, compassion is evidence that we are spiritually progressing. It is not compassion for us to just cross our arms and just like, I'm not talking to them. I'm just, I'm done. God wants us to take that step forward. And when we are showing compassion, God is growing us. And we are becoming more and more like Jesus every single day. And really, lastly, compassion opens more doors than demands or disinterest. Think about this, especially parents out there. Like, 
I was thinking about my teens today, and I was thinking about all the things that they go through, the trials, the different circumstances they go through that I've already gone through like 20-some years ago. And I'm like, oh, that all turns out fine. It's all good, right? It's fine, and you'll get through it, and everything's going to be fine. But guess what? This is the first time they've gone through it. They don't know how it ends up. They don't know, like, the victory that they're going to have. They don't know what's at the end of this trial. And so they are walking through it. And really what they need from their mom and dad and grandparents and friends is they need us to come alongside of them and listen and hear them and sit with them and understand where they're coming from and understand the trial that they're going through. And when they do that, they will understand that we are on their side. And we are with them in it and that they can trust us to give them an answer, a solution, a next step. Amen? Amen. All right. So in order to do this, in order to show compassion to this hurting world, in order to open ourselves up to Jesus's compassion flowing through us to the world, we need to do three different things. The first thing we need to do is we need to contemplate the pain of others. Contemplate the pain of others. In verse 41, it says that Jesus was moved with compassion. He was moved with compassion. Jesus allowed this man's pain to affect him, not just run off of him. So I think we, we go through some kind of three, diff- three of these things during our day, okay? So like we all um, are doing our own thing. We all have our own schedule, our own list, our own thing that we're checking off all day. And we're like walking through our day. And I did it, and I did it, and I did it, and I did it, and I did it. And we are walking through our day like we have blinders on our face. And we are just getting our things done, our things checked off, and we're so happy about it. And when we get to the end of the day and we've accomplished everything on our list, we're like, I had a great day. This was the best productive day I've ever had in my whole life. Except that I didn't look around. I didn't ask Jesus, is there anybody else that you wanted me to touch? Is there anybody else that you wanted me to love? I like missed everybody because I was just accomplishing my thing. Do y'all do that too? Is it just me? Yeah. Okay. And then some of us were in our own thing. Okay. So we're doing our own thing. We're doing our own plans. And then maybe we see on Facebook that someone is really sick or hurting or something's going on. And we stop for a second and we let it like seep in a little bit. We're like, oh man, that's hard man, that does break my heart. And Jesus, I pray you'd help them. And then it, and back to my own thing, right? We just go back to our own thing. But what God wants us to do is he knows we need to keep working. He knows we need to do our plan. He knows, he knows, he knows. But he also wants to speak to us in the middle of it. And he wants us to see all of the people around us in our lives that he wants to use us as his vessels to touch and to speak to and to love. And he wants us to be ready to hear his voice to say, that one, she needs your touch today. That one, he needs prayer today. That one, you need to check in with her today. She is hurting. And you need to place everything down and say, okay, okay. And trust that Jesus is going to get everything else done. He knows. But why not follow Jesus in that moment? Why not live that abundant life of walking with the Lord, right? Amen. So I like to think of it, compassion as empathetic, all right? Empathy means that we actively pity and identify with a person's sorrow and pain. We actually go there and feel it with them. 
Okay, so like we can do this a couple of different ways. We can, we can literally think back to a circumstance that happened in our lives that was similar to this and remember how it felt and really go there and, and live that again and feel that again. But there's sometimes where you're talking to someone that you've never experienced anything like that before, and that's okay, but you need to put yourself in their shoes and say, how would that feel if that was me? How would that feel if I was there? And we need to let that emotion, let that pain sink into our hearts and in our minds and let it be, let us be with them. We need to feel it with them without judging their emotions as good or bad. This is not the place for that. It is just to feel. I like to think about it as like we're all carrying these buckets around, right? Everywhere we go, we're carrying our buckets. And sometimes somebody is going through something really, really hard and they're really, really heavy and they're here and they're sitting down with their heavy bucket and we have the opportunity to come alongside of them with our buckets and sit down with them. And we can actually take some of their pain and some of their hurt and put it into our own bucket and we can help carry it for them. Because we come alongside them and we feel it with them and we walk with them through it. I believe that's what Jesus wants us to do. He wants us to help carry each other's burdens. Like That's the Lord. That's what he does for us. You know, people really don't want, after going through something, for us to come alongside of them with our little chart and six steps and be like, and this is how you fix it. One, two, three, four, five, six the end. That's not helpful. It is also not helpful if you sound overly clinical or solution focused and you're like, I know this is what you do. Can I give every man in this room and every man online a Christmas present this year? (laughs) Okay. So if you have a wife, a girlfriend, a girl that's a friend, a daughter, any girl in your life, guess what? They do not want to be fixed ever, ever ever. Okay. What we want, I'm telling you this, it will change your life. What they want is for you to listen to them. They want, I, I, I need to pour it all out. I need to let it all out. All the emotion, all the tears, all the feelings, all everything, even just doesn't make sense. I need to let it all out. Everything, everything. And my husband does this really good. He lets me get it all out. And then what you say, once it's all out, wow, that must really hurt. Wow, that breaks my heart that you had to walk through that today. Wow, I understand that is huge. You're so brave. And then I know that he is with me in it that he has put some of my pain in his bucket and he is carrying it with him and he is feeling it all. And then he can say, can I share some thoughts with you? And then I'm ready. Amen, girls? Like, amen? (laughs) Like, we need that. And I think everybody needs that. We need that as people to be understood and heard. Growing in compassion grows us into more decent human beings. There is this video by Brene Brown that many of you have probably already seen. It's the difference between sympathy and empathy. And I think it's a fantastic model for us to understand the difference between these two things. So let's watch this video now. So what is empathy? And why is it very different than sympathy? Empathy 
fuels connection. Sympathy drives disconnection. Empathy, it's very interesting. Teresa Wiseman is a nursing scholar who studied professions, very diverse professions, where empathy is relevant and came up with four qualities of empathy. Perspective-taking, the ability to take the perspective of another person or, or recognize their perspective as their truth. Staying out of judgment, not easy when you enjoy it as much as most of us do. <laughs> Recognizing emotion in other people and then communicating that. Empathy is feeling with people. And to me, I always think of empathy as this kind of sacred space when someone's kind of in a deep hole and they shout out from the bottom and they say, I'm stuck, it's dark, I'm overwhelmed. And then we look and we say, hey, and climb down. I know what it's like down here, and you're not alone. Sympathy is, ooh, it's bad, uh-huh. Uh, no, you want a sandwich? Um, empathy is a choice, and it's a vulnerable choice, because in order to connect with you, I have to connect with something in myself that knows that feeling. Rarely, if ever, does an empathic response begin with at least. I had a, yeah. And we do it all the time. Because you know what? Someone just shared something with us that's incredibly painful, and we're trying to silver lining it. I don't think that's a verb, but I'm using it as one. We're trying to put the silver lining around it. So I had a miscarriage. Oh, at least you know you can get pregnant. I think my marriage is falling apart. At least you have a marriage. <laughs> John's getting kicked out of school. At least Sarah is an A student. But one of the things we do sometimes in the face of very difficult conversations is we try to make things better. If I share something with you that's very difficult, I'd rather you say, I don't even know what to say right now. I'm just so glad you told me. Because the truth is, rarely can a response make something better. What makes something better is connection. Amen. That connection is what makes something better. It is having an understanding heart. And that is what compassion is. It is having an understanding heart for the people around us. And it's amazing how, com how compassionate we can become when we've gone through some hard things, isn't it? When we've gone through trials, we have something in us that knows that this is so difficult. And when we're going through something, isn't it true that we long for someone to understand us? We want to be understood as well. So what we need to be careful of is we need to be careful not to be flippant. We need to be careful not to be judgmental when, we have, when we're with people that have gone through different things than we have gone through. We might not understand what they're going through. We've never gone through before, but we can't judge that. We can't just assume that, oh, I don't know about it, so it must be wrong. Like, we can't do that. We need to listen and understand because, honestly, we really don't have a clue about the story of people's lives. We don't understand the depth of the pain that they've been through. We don't get the way that they've walked and how much has been happening to them all this time. And so we never, ever want to be flippant with our responses. And I have to say that I've been guilty of this from time to time. I see everything as sometimes as right or wrong, and I get stuck in that. And instead, I need to feel what people are feeling. 
That's the challenge here, is to really feel what people are feeling. So just as the leprosy this man had represents many different kinds of skin diseases, there are many different kinds of people that are hurting around you. There are people with long-term sickness. There are people with family tragedy. There are people that are alone this Christmas. There are people that are walking in shame because they have not received the forgiveness of Jesus yet. There are people that are down on their luck and there are elderly that are maybe fearing what's coming next or not knowing their their place or there's people in transition. There's people going through all sorts of different things, experiencing pain in ways that we haven't. And maybe if we would just pray, Lord, Please change our perspective. Help us to be sensitive to the people around us and what they're feeling. I think that could change everything. I think that would open our eyes to so much. So we want to, number one, contemplate the pain of others. Number two, we want to make contact with the pain of others. So in verse 40, it says, A man with leprosy came and knelt in front of Jesus, begging to be healed. This man interrupted Jesus. Jesus was on his way with his disciples. He was doing his thing. He was healing different people. He was, he was on his way through Galilee. And this man comes and kneels before him and interrupts him. But guess what? Jesus, our God, is interruptible. He is always interruptible. He is never upset with you. He's never like, oh, 10 minutes, I'm busy. Never, ever, ever. Jesus is always right there, ready to hear anything that is on your heart. Every single time. Amen. Yes, that is good stuff. So it was really bold of this man to come up to Jesus because lepers were supposed to stay away and they were supposed to yell what they needed, but he came right up to him and Jesus was interruptible because he's not into social protocol. Like he doesn't really care. Like he just wants to be with you. I hope you know that today. Jesus simply just loves you and he wants to be with you and he wants to hear you and he wants to listen and hear everything that is going on with you. He sees you. And so if you're going to pray this prayer to actually like be interruptible and to make contact with people's pain, guess what? Your plans are going to be interrupted. They are. You're going to have your plan and God is going to interrupt it. And you have to be able to take your plan and put it into submission to God's agenda. But here's the thing. When we give our full attention to, say, our kids, we put down our phones, we put down our projects, and we turn and listen with our eyes and hear the whole story. When we do that, when we come to church and we ask the Lord, is there anyone you want me to talk to today? Is there anyone you want me to pray for today? When we're at work, are there people in your area of work where you could be ministering the gospel of Jesus to or that you could be talking to or you could be that person that someone comes to? I was at work the other day and this person just started and she happened to have known that I'm from Fierce and like she goes to another church, but her, I don't know, cousin goes here and she was like, you're a Christian. Can I, can you pray for me? Like, We need to be aware of what God is doing. Yeah? Yeah. We need to have this. What happens? Here's the thing. Here's the thing. When we are interruptible and when we walk with Jesus and let him do what he wants to do in us, it is the abundant life. You know why? Because we're walking with Jesus. 
We're doing life with Jesus. We're like hand in hand, like let's go do this together. And you are in the power of Jesus and you are ministering to Jesus and you are his vessel and it is exhilarating. And it's something you do not want to miss to be a part of the miracles that he is doing on this world, in this world. He is inviting you today to be a part of that in your Christmas, but beyond that, in your life in your workplace, at church, everywhere. He is inviting you to do that. Next, compassion compassion touches. Verse 41 says, moved with compassion, Jesus reached out and touched him. And he said, I am willing. This is so huge. Jesus' compassion for the man is expressed in his touch of him. This is probably the first time this man has been touched by a clean person in a long, long time. Nobody will touch him, but Jesus will. And you know what that signifies when he touches that man? He could have just spoken out of his mouth, you're healed, but he didn't do that. He touched him because that man is valuable to Jesus. When, some, when he touched him, he's saying, you are of value to me. And when he looks at you, when he touches you, he says, you, my daughter, my son, you are of value I love you and I want to heal you and I want to speak to you and I want to move in your life. Nobody talks Jesus into loving us. He just does. God loves us, not because he has to. So when it's appropriate, we want to look for ways that we can express that compassion to people by touch. And everybody has their own space things, right? Not everybody wants to be hugged. Not everybody wants to be touched. So we need to ask. So ask people, can I give you a hug? Can I sit next to you? Can I put my hand on you while I pray? Can I be next to you? And show that compassion to the people around you, especially during this COVID time when there is like a lot of like, like just like love one another, right? Let's love one another. We need it. Here's the thing. Compassion can heal things that medicine can't. There are deep things in our hearts. Deep pains, deep wounds that medicine cannot heal. But Jesus' love can. And he uses us as his vessels to do so. And sometimes it takes a little bit longer to do that. So we have to be faithful with our love of people. This is why it is so important for us to stay filled up on Jesus. Because when we are filled up in Jesus, our touch gets powerful. It remains powerful. It gains power as we walk close with the Lord. And we want to give people something positive, something faith-filled, something gentle, something accurate, something confident, something warm, something humble when we are talking to them and ministering to them. Some of us like shy away from this and we're like, "Um, I don't know how to do that. Like, I don't have any scriptures memorized. I don't know. I can't fix anybody's problem. And so I'm just going to stay over here and like pray and it's fine. But really, you don't need to know all the scriptures. You don't, you don't need to. The Holy Spirit will let you know if there's something you need to tell that person. Really what they need is for you to come alongside of them and be with them in it to listen to them in it, to walk with them through it. That's what they need. And every single one of us can do that. If we just open up our hearts, if we just ask the Lord for his help, each of us can show that kind of compassion. So I've been working um, at Condell Hospital as a PCT for the last six months, and it's been incredibly awesome, challenging, 
most challenging thing I've ever done. Like, oh my gosh. And every time I walk into the room, whether my patient knows it or not, I'm walking in with Jesus. Like I'm taking his hand and I'm like, here we go. And I know that I am the hands and feet of Jesus to every single room that I walk into. I also know that I'm a first responder because I'm taking vitals, I'm taking blood sugars, I'm like looking over the person and I'm the one that sees anything abnormal and like, hey, I ring the alarm, right? And I say, this is not right. Well, one time, a couple months ago, I had a patient and she was just really sad. In report, I was told that she was really down, she was really sad. And when I walked into the room, I noticed that the room was dark, like no lights on. She was kind of slumped over and in her bed. And, and you know, I walk in every day and I'm like, hey, I'm Kenzie. I'm going to be your PCT today till 11 o'clock. It's so nice to meet you. And then I'm like, how are you feeling? I always ask, how are you feeling? Because I want to know. I want to give them the runway to talk to me about what is going on in their life. And she said, I just, I've just been here for weeks and I just don't, I don't feel beautiful and I just... I just haven't had a shower in like forever, it seems. And she was just so sad. And so I said, hey, in my next round, we're going to have a spa day. And so on my next round, I came back in and we have these like hats that come out of our warmers that you put on people's heads and like you massage their head and it's kind of like a shower, kind of. And like wipes and a new gown and all that stuff. And so I go back in and I, I was put that on her head and I was massaging her head and um, we were getting like all clean and everything. And she started crying, just crying. And I'm like, are you okay? She said, I just, thank you, thank you, thank you. She just needed to be touched. She just needed just love. She just needed someone to see her and see what she needed in that moment. And that's what we're called to do. We're just supposed to have our eyes open and our ears open to the Holy Spirit so that we can love the people around us well. Amen. So what are some other things that we can do? Well, we can give attention to people. We can look them in the eye and listen with our eyes. We can affirm people. You know that everyone has a critic and everybody is hearing everything they're doing wrong all the time, right? I have a critic. Do you have a critic? Yeah, it talks all the time. It talks about all my failures, all my regrets, everything that's ever been wrong with me and everything that I'm doing wrong in the moment. You know that we don't need any more criticism. Can we just stop criticizing people and stop just saying hard things and blah, blah, and just stop? And why don't we just start affirming one another? Why don't we start looking for what people are doing well and tell them and show, like tell them like where their gifts are shining in the moment? Let us be those people that affirm the people around us. And lastly, are there people you need to forgive? There are people in your life that you are holding onto And that you're holding captive. They don't even know that you're holding them captive. But you're holding them captive. And you're stuck in this. And it's like you have shackles on. And you need to release them. You need to release them. You need to show that compassionate leniency to them. It doesn't make what happened right. But it releases you into freedom. And God wants you to have that freedom. So who do you need to forgive today? 
When was the last time that you spent the whole day or a weekend helping someone else? When was the last time you went above and beyond, not just what you had to do, but went above and beyond what you were asked to do to show compassion in someone else's life? When have you brought a meal? When have you sent a card? Like my friend Gina always sends a card. Like she just, I always get cards and sweet little gifts from her. She's so compassionate. Um, When was the last time that you just left groceries on someone's porch or babysat a single mom's kid so that she could have a day, just a day to herself? When was the last time you opened a door for a conversation with someone or took someone out for coffee? There was a time when we were first married and like, it was like, I don't know, 21 years ago or something like that. And you guys, we were so in a bad place. We had just gone through a church split and we were so sad. It was a heavy time. We were clinging to Jesus with all that we had. Like there was nothing but heaviness. And we were at a wedding and somehow these two friends, Josh and Neil took us out for lunch. They didn't have to do that. They didn't have to show compassion to us, but they did. And they talked to us about like, the fact that God wasn't done yet, that God had more, that just because this happened doesn't mean that God doesn't have a good plan for your lives and don't give up. And then they made us laugh and we had not laughed in like months and they made us laugh so hard, like belly hurt laugh. And it was like someone giving us a fresh cup of cold water. It's just what we needed. Can we be refreshment to other people around us? That's what people need. So, We need to contemplate the pain of others. We need to make contact with the pain of others. And third, we need to carry the pain of others to Jesus. We need to carry their pain to Jesus. You see, Jesus understands people's pain. And it takes us, it takes help from Jesus for us to understand what people are going through. We don't always get it. We need Jesus' help to get it. But God knows everything about people. He knows the deep hurts. He knows everything that they need in the moment that they're in. And he can help us to understand what they need as well. And so sometimes when we are ministering to somebody, we're like, well, I'm going to pray for you. And somehow in our minds, we don't think that's a big deal. But it is like the biggest deal in the world because you are taking that person's problem and circumstance and you are plugging it in to the power of God. Amen? The power of God, that that is where miracles happen. When we take someone's problem or healing or sickness or anything that needs to happen and we plug it in to Jesus's power, that is where miracles happen because he is the one that splits the ocean. He is the one that moves the mountains. He is the one that heals. He is the one that does all the things that we can't do. And so we need to cry out and remember that when we are praying for people, we are literally plugging them into the power of God. And we need to believe that he is going to move in their lives. And sometimes this works instantly like it did for our friend, the leper. You know, there was, I've seen this happen in many instances in my life, but recently Mark's cousin's son was in a horrific accident, horrific accident. And he was paralyzed. And when he got to the hospital, Caleb couldn't walk, he couldn't talk, he couldn't breathe, he couldn't eat, he couldn't swallow, he couldn't do anything, he couldn't move. And what happened was we rallied in prayer. Here, there, everywhere, people just started praying and bringing his sickness to the power of God. Today, Caleb can talk, he can swallow, he can breathe on his own, he can move his arms and hands, he can zoom around in his little chair and his where he's at right now as he's getting better. 
And we believe that as we continue to plug that situation into the power of God, he is going to walk. Like we like believe that to the core of our being because God is that God. Like he's able to do that. So we will continue to dig in and we will continue to pray because just like he healed the leper, he can heal Caleb. The end. However, sometimes that doesn't happen. Sometimes God doesn't heal right away. Sometimes we're in a situation where we are praying for our friend and nothing happens. They're still in the financial hardship. They're still dealing with the sickness. They're still not getting well. They're still not being able to buy the house or have a baby or get married or whatever the situation is. Nothing is happening that we can see. You see, as good friends, we are praying for our people, but Jesus is the truest friend and he sees above all else. He is so far above us. His His knowledge is so far above us. His understanding is so far above us. And he knows exactly what he's doing. He knows the good plans he has for that person. But you know what? Before they get there, he has some growing he wants to do. He has some healing he wants to do in some inner places. He has some things that he wants to grow some character in. So that they will be ready when it's time. And so we need to be faithful. Even when we're not seeing something happen, we need to be faithful in prayer, knowing that our God is faithful and good and he is working on this side of heaven. And sometimes on this side of heaven, we don't see the healing. Sometimes people die. Sometimes people go to heaven. And we're like, you didn't heal them. But really, he did. Because now... They're in heaven and they are free and they are healed and they are whole and they are running and they are laughing and they are completely full of joy. And not always understand that, but God is so good. God is so good. I'm going to invite the band back up now. Compassion needs to be nurtured in us. It needs to be nurtured in our hearts. We can't just wish it. We can't just try harder. We need to nurture the compassion in us and practice it or we will grow cold and dull. We will grow like the rest of the world that feels so cold right now unless we nurture what God has placed in us. So my challenge to you today, my challenge to you this Christmas is to start asking, Lord, will you help me to see people like you see them so that I can contemplate their pain? And Jesus, will you help me to step out boldly when you are calling me to come alongside someone so that I can make contact with people's pain and not be afraid to do it, but I would just come alongside them and be with them in it. I would carry some of the burden and that I would make contact. And lastly, that we would continue to bring it all to Jesus and attach that problem, that circumstance, that sickness to the power of God. And trust that Jesus is able to heal and to restore and to redeem and to make new. God wants to warm our cold hearts this Christmas. He wants to use us at our Christmas dinner tables to be miracles, to bring the miracles of Jesus, of compassion to the people around him. So here we are, Lord. Here we are at this Christmas time. May we show the compassion of Jesus to the world around us. Amen? Let's pray. Father God, I thank you so much that 
you are compassionate, that you are good. God, I thank you that you love us right where we are and that you see us today. Jesus, I pray for a new work in our hearts, a new work of compassion, Lord, where we would see people like you do. Jesus, that we would make contact with people, that we wouldn't be afraid, but that we would know that you're going with us. And God, I pray, Jesus, that as we pray for people, that we would believe that you are working all things for your good and for your glory, God. We just praise you, and we love you, and we give you this Christmas time. May compassion flow. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, thank you so much for joining us today. If you don't have a home church and you're looking for a Bible preaching community that has its heart set on passionately knowing Jesus and being his witness in our generation, check out Fierce.Church. We'd love for you to join us either digitally or in person. Also, if you're looking for leadership development related content, don't forget to check out the Fierce Leadership Podcast available wherever you get your podcast from. Special thanks to those of you who give generously to support this ministry. It's because of you that this is possible. You can click on the link in the description to give now or visit fierce.church for more information. If you enjoyed this podcast, why not subscribe, share it with your friends, click on the share button, take a screenshot, and share it on social media or wherever you would share such things. Whatever challenges you're facing, I know you can make it. Don't give up. Hang on to Jesus. He won't let go of you. Jesus loves you so much, and we love you. I hope someday we get to meet in person. Thanks again for listening.